How does a Christian handle abusive things, catastrophic things that happen to them? I'm going to prepare you and give you some equipment, if you don't already have it, that will help you survive and survive well. If you are allowed by God to go through some serious, catastrophic, personal abuse. Through my pastoring, uh, I have had uh, oh, half a dozen women come in for counseling. I only counsel a woman typically one time. After that, she's assigned to another woman in our church. That keeps me out of trouble. And, uh, but they come in one time, tell me what their situation is, and then I can help guide them to somebody that can help them. And um, through the years, we've had women come to me that were, most all of them in their 30s that had been abused as girls, sexually abused. <clears throat> I have read since then that one out of four girls is an estimate has been sexually abused sometime in their teenage or adolescent life. I don't want to believe that to be true. I do not want to believe that to be true. 25%. And it's not always by a stepdad or a, it's sometimes by a relative, a grandfather, even their own father. It's a heinous thing. It happens. But these girls that came to us got free. They got free. First time they had spoken about it, 30-some years old. They got out in front of the church and said, I, I forgive my abuser. That's when you get free. Otherwise, he owns you, or she owns you. Until you forgive them, they own you. And they got out in front of this church, this behind this pulpit, and said, I, in front of this, these witnesses, forgive the one who abused me. Whoa! A new sense of freedom comes over them. A new sense of, of, of power comes over them. I want to try to t help you shortly here. How, do, how does a Christian handle situations like being raped, sexually abused, physically abused, male or female, or some sort of a catastrophic act? It does happen. It does happen. It happens here in the United States. It happens on the mission field to missionaries. We have one missionary on the board back there that they, wanted, they, they felt God called the mission field, went to the mission field. Their daughter, while they were on the mission field, was uh, raped. Not killed, but she was raped, and they left the mission field for a while. Now they're back on the mission field. Um, there have been girls raped that I know on bus calling, not here at Gospel, but in some other larger churches where they call in the areas of southern Chicago, Blue Island, and some of those tough areas, Chicago, Detroit, and they get caught alone and get isolated, and it happens. What I'm trying to tell you, don't you tell me it doesn't happen to Christians. Because it does happen. It happens in uh, real bad things can happen to God's people. We are not exempt. I want you to, you can challenge me on this all you want. I hope you do. But the way we're going to settle this, we're going back to the book. We're not exempt from the most horrors that this world has to offer. Hurricanes wipe out Christian homes, and they wipe out unsaved, ungodly homes. Tornadoes 
wipe out Christian homes and kill Christians, and they wipe out unsaved people, and they kill them also. Automobile accidents happen to some fatal, some debilitating, some paralyzing, and all these other things you can imagine happen to Christians as well as happen to the unsaved. I was just in Michigan up there with, uh, that's what happens when you go visit Georgie's. I got in a head-on collision and uh, broke my sternum in a head-on collision. The worst thing was it was opening day. That's what I really suffered about. I didn't get to hunt anymore. But uh, it happened. And why did it happen? Because Hal wasn't right with God. That's why it happened. No, not so. Not so. But automobile accidents happened. My wife was hit by a drunk driver. And it was just a miracle she wasn't killed. Just a mirror, absolute miracle. He hit her going 60 mile an hour right behind her door and totaled the F-150, bent it up like a pretzel. And God saved her out of that. She was damaged some, but nothing permanently, but it happens. Diseases come upon Christians and unsaved alike, cancer, paralysis, strokes, name some sort of catastrophic thing that can happen, heart attacks. It comes upon Christians as well as the unsaved. The truth is we, Christian and non-Christian, all die. No amens on that, you know, we don't like death. But we all die, don't we? We all die. Unless the only people that aren't going to die is the rapture people. Now, I may be one of them. I'm, I'm for it. The trumpet shall sound the dead and Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive remain shall be caught up in the clouds and meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Amen, amen. But if not, I am going to walk or swim the river, the thing is called death. But it's a door for me. And I'm just going to go through the door and into, as a, as a song said, paradise. Come with me to a place called paradise where Christ is in the right hand of the Father. Sometimes born-again believers suffer up to death. Now, am I telling you any new news? Not really, right? If you've been around a, long, a while, this is not new news. Born-again Christians suffer sometimes two, three, four, five, six, eight, ten, twenty years before they die. We get born-again Christians, get crippled, we get blinded, we get deaf. I'm becoming deaf, amen. Maimed and handicapped. We get all of that. Crimes happen against us. Now, this is a real positive sermon, I want to tell you this. <laughs> Crimes happen to all of us. We get murdered. We get raped. We get stolen from there's somebody with a U-Haul at your house right now taking all your stuff. We get assaulted. Uh, you name something, it happens to us. Now, hopefully this does not surprise you. If this is surprising you, or you want to argue with me about this, then you have been polluted or infected by health and wealth gospel. Don't put anything in your mouth. You have been affected by infected. 
by health and wealth gospel, which is a heresy and does not exist. It's a systematic theology created by man, not the Bible. And I'll show you that. Uh, it, it, but it is everywhere. Or you sat under a preacher at the least, or a teacher who has skipped part of the Bible that talks about bad things happening to God's people. Because it's in there. So what if somebody violates your body? Your body. They violate your body. How do you handle it as a Christian? Or they violate your daughter or your son or, your, uh, or uh, a granddaughter gets violated or a grandson gets violated. Question, has God let you down? Has God forsaken you? Has God left you? Has God deserted you? No, no. A hundred times no. And I'm examining three things, or actually five things, uh, to do when or if a catastrophe comes upon you, which is your body, by the way, that you dwell in at this moment. First of all, we need to separate our body from you. You need to get a good, good grip that you and your body are not the same. Now, all you've known me is what you see here, and I have changed. In the 40 years that I've been here, I have pretty radically changed, and I'm going to change some more, and eventually I'm going to die, leave. Bill Lytell is leaving this body, and my body is going to go in the grave and change some more. Ultimately, if you give it enough time, it will turn into what? Dirt. Dirt not discernible different than the dirt that you put in your garden. So your body does not have the promises that come with your spirit. You are not your body. I don't know if you're going to, I hope I don't look like this in heaven. Hey Amen. That's all I got to say. There's a hope. Uh, but, but Whatever I look like in heaven, I'm going to be happy with it because it's going to be all, everything's all right in my father's house, so it'll be all right. Oh, how are you going to recognize each other? Well, I have a personality, and if you got around me long enough, you know it was me. Just like I, might, I know my wife for who she is, not what she looks like. And so there was a missionary, I read a very credible a book, actually, on this missionary, single missionary, we have a number of them, that went to Africa on a mission uh, called of God to go there. Uh, one day, soldiers, six soldiers, broke into her house and gang-raped her. And as it was going on, she was praying, God, this is not my body, this is your body. They can do anything they want to with this body, and they are, but they can't touch me. But they can't touch me because God protects your spirit. As they were doing that, and she overcame it by the grace of God and went on to write the article of it to try to help other women. Now, there was a Catholic nun at the same time that went through the same thing. 
A Catholic nun did not deal with it like she did, and then the nun went crazy. The nun lost her mind, went crazy, got out of the whole thing that she was doing. This girl went on in her mission, understanding that she had really not been changed because you cannot get to your spirit by the body. That's very important to get. I think it's critical to get. 1 Corinthians 6, 19-20 says, What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you're not your own. You're bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. She said, God, this is your body. I've given it to you. If you seek to let this happen, you let this happen, then that's... That's, it's going to be okay. Now, obviously, there's crying and there's some pain, and there's, I'm not trying to wash any of that away. But that's all part of the process. You say, Brother Bill, I can't believe it. Well, have you read the book of Job? Have you read the book of Job? Job lost all of his children, all of his wealth, his physical health. He was covered with boils. I've only had one boil at a time. But to have your head, to be covered with boils from head to toe, I could not, I could not, Spend enough time trying to describe how painful that must be. Boils head to toe. Come on. And then he had three friends, which weren't such good friends, and had a wife who came to him and says, why don't you just curse God and die? So Job had it rough, rougher than anybody I've ever heard, period, have it. He, Job arose, rent his mantle, shaved his head, fell down upon the ground and worshiped and said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. He did not believe God disappointed him, or God had done him wrong, by killing all ten children in one day. Or by taking his entire fortune in one day. Or by taking his physical health in one day. Now what would you say Job had a grip on? He had a grip on who he was and who God was. He had a grip on what was real, what was not real. He had a grip on what was eternally important, what was not eternally important. He also had a grip on who God was, that God was good, and that these things that, that, that were going on were temporary at the best, and that he just trusted God for it. Paul, Paul had the same attitude. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 30 says, and why stand we in jeopardy every hour? Paul, Paul literally was in fear of his life. I protest by rejoicing I have in Christ Jesus. I die daily. So Paul knew how to overcome catastrophic events that happened to him. And surely, beside Job in the Bible, I don't know anybody that's had more catastrophic events happen to him than Paul had happened. And they didn't just, they weren't quick. When you get 39 stripes, it's not quick. It's one, two, three, four. Five, come on now. It's not quick. You got a lot of time to think. Why is God letting this happen to me? Has God forsaken me? I don't see 
Paul ever accusing God of anything through those sufferings. He said, I'm dead. You cannot hurt a dead man. That's the first lesson you got to learn on that. You can't hurt a dead man. Ultimately, God has saved our spirit and washed us in his blood, birthed us into his family. Nothing can touch that which is eternal. Only our physical bodies, which are on this earth, can be permanently changed and damaged. That's the first thing you got to get. You and your body are different. Oh, we live in a day that love, we, we are in a day of, of a loving of bodies. I mean, everything's about beauty and makeup and looks and emphasis on, on all of that. And that's so sad because those things are fading away and can be taken away from you. Sometimes you, you meet a beautiful girl and you can tell it's hurting her. It's hurting her. And I like to go to her and say, you know, your beauty can be gone in a little flash fire. Boom. And they look at you like, new thought. Beauty's skin deep. Remember hearing that? Skin can be changed real quick. Don't put your weight and your value on that which is temporal and can be taken away from you in a, whoop, a stroke. Don't do it. You, you won't do well if something catastrophic comes your way. The second thing we need to know is we need to accept the possible sufferings in this life that could come your way and commit ourselves to it. 2 Corinthians 1.8.9 says, For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of the trouble which came unto us. So basically Paul says, look, I want you to know that trouble can happen. Was there a, was there a finer Christian in the Bible and the New Testament than Paul the Apostle? I don't know of one. And he says, I am an apostle taught by Jesus, called by Jesus, and these things are happening to me, uh, which were pressed, we were pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch we despaired even of life, but we had the sentence of death in ourselves. That's it right there. He was already dead. You can't hurt a dead man. I'm already dead. But look why I said that, that we should not trust in ourselves but in God which raiseth the dead. Why do bad things happen to Christians? That we should not trust in ourselves, but trust in him that raises the dead. Why do bad things happen to Christians? So that we may not trust in ourselves, but in God who raiseth the dead. Paul was committed to suffering. He accepted it. He was not surprised by it. He was not shocked by it. He actually expected it. Because Jesus had told him, I'm going to show him what great things he must suffer for my name's sake. He kind of was tipped off that he was going to have a life of suffering for Christ. But this helped him deal with it. So first of all, he concluded he was dead. He committed to the suffering. And then thirdly, he used the suffering of life for the glory of God. He comforted others by the experiences of that suffering and how he dealt with it. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all our tribulation. Why? That we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble. Why do bad things happen to Christians? 
that we may be able to comfort them which are in trouble. Why do catastrophic things happen to Christians? That you may have a new ministry of comfort. Why do Christians get cancer? So that you could have a new ministry of comfort. Why do Christians fail financially? So that you could have a ministry of comfort. Why do Christians get robbed? So that you could have a ministry for comfort. You got it? Because I'm tired of repeating that. By the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. Peter understood it. In 1 Peter 4.19, he says this, Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God do what? Commit the keeping of their souls. Didn't mention the body. Because the body's already gone. It's already done deal. The body's not going to be saved. Salvation does not include the salvation of your physical body. That is going to die and going to rot and going to be dirt to dirt from dust to dust. That's where we're going. How many people got to die for you? to? You know that's true. But your soul is saved and given eternal life by the grace of God through faith in Christ. So we commit the keeping of our souls to him, then well-doing as unto a faithful creator. In other words, we count God faithful. Job had to count God faithful. He wouldn't have made it through. Paul had to count God faithful. He wouldn't have made it through. Peter had to count God faithful. He wouldn't have made it through. That missionary that was uh, raped over in Africa had to count God faithful or she would have never made it through. Uh, anybody that's ever had any wicked, rotten, vile thing happen to them will never make it if they don't have their thinking right. You are not your body. Conclude you're dead. Commit your suffering to God and understand that he's getting ready to give you a ministry to other people. Oh, yeah. Some of those girls who came into my office and talked to me about the horrible things that had happened to them. I was uh, privileged to be able to tell them that they now could minister to other people who have had the same thing happen to them. Because if true, if it's true, one out of four girls have that happen. There's a whole lot of girls who aren't saying anything to anybody about it. And yet they're suffering internally, sometimes to the destruction of their own marriage. And they've told never, never breathe the word to anybody. They oftentimes become mad at God. Anybody that's mad at God cannot have fellowship with God. As long as you've got your finger looking at God and accusing him of wrongdoing, you're never going to be able to have fellowship with him. No. And so... You must understand this. You must get this. And you must, must remember it and review it and go back over it. There's another problem that also must be overcome when you have a personal violation of this, these sorts. That is the mental replaying of the event. The self-horror and pain created by the memories and nightmares that go along with something catastrophic happening. Well, how does one overcome this? Well, some of it, you outlast. I remember we got in that accident, and, I, and my stern was broken. I didn't want to go home. Well, you wanted to drive back to the house, right? I didn't want to get in the truck. I couldn't even imagine 
wearing a seatbelt and even bumping anything. I couldn't even imagine the pain of that. I didn't want to get in. My, my wife, when she got hit with that, for a while, people get in catastrophic accidents, automobile accidents, they don't want to get back in the car. People have been in motorcycle accidents, don't want to get back on the bike. Because there's a, just a certain, I mean, come on, nobody enjoys pain, right? I mean, come on. Nobody, I don't want to get, I don't want to have more pain. But, you know, you got to travel from here to there, so you get back in. Of course, I said, Max, make sure you drive slow. He went under 80. Him and Hal, very compassionate people. But there's a way to beat it. I'm talking about the memory. You can beat it. You can beat it. How do you do it? Fact. F-A-C-T. Fact check it. That's a new terminology, isn't it? We're going to fact check. You know, I put a video up on, I put a bunch of videos up on Facebook, but I put a video up on Facebook, and they fact checked me. Somebody called me up and said, your video's been fact checked. You understand what I mean? Fact checked. I said, what, what is that? Well, they got a warning on there that some of the statements you made are not factual. Well, that made me testy. I thought everything I said in that thing was true. But you understand, the people fact-checking are liberal, raving liberal. And so a raving liberal did not like some of the conservative things I mentioned in the little video. So they said they aren't true. And they fact-checked me. And then Facebook warned me, if we have a couple more of them, we're cutting you off. We're cutting your account off. Probably the best thing ever happened to me. But anyway, we're cutting your account off. I thought, what? Oh, so you're starting to nail me on that. Yeah, I'm still on. But when your memory starts replaying some horrible thing has happened to you, what do you do? What do you do when that thing, you're not going to get it out of your mind easily. You begin to stop and say stop and denounce it by the grace of God. Stop and renounce it. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2. But we have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness or handling the word of God deceitfully, but manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience, sight of God. Go to the scriptures that speak of your washing as white as snow and quote them to your, to your mind. Quote them to yourself. Whatever that little voice is. Begin to quote, begin to fact check, that little voice is wanting to torment you or wanting to bring that horrible memory up. And, and begin to quote Romans 8.37, we're more than conquerors, but don't say it that way. I am more than a conqueror through him that loved me. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 says it this way, for though we walk in the flesh, we don't war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but Mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, pulling down, fact-checking them. Casting down imaginations, that's fact-checking them. And every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Well, that sounds like fact-checking to me. When the, old, when the old mind starts replaying that horror or that event of that horror, you say, stop. I, re I denounce it in the name of Jesus. 
I renounce it in the name of Jesus. I'm more than a conqueror through him that loved me. God allowed this to happen for some good so that I could comfort others and so that I would submit myself to God and fall upon him in trust and all things work together for good that led in the love of God and they're called according to his purpose. And stop. The more you do that, the better it'll be. And you'll get washed. And you'll get washed. And that voice will get dimmer and dimmer and dimmer and bother you less and less and less. So how does a Christian handle abuse or catastrophic events? First of all, conclude you are not your body. Commit to the suffering that is inevitable in life. Comfort others through it. Denounce and renounce the mental processes that are tormenting you in the name of Jesus. And fact-check the devil and his horde of liars with the Bible truth. In other words, offset them with the truth of the Word of God. You want to know how important it is to know the Bible? Life and death. You want to do well as a Christian? You've got to have some Bible. This is our tool against the lies of the evil one. You know, John 8, 44, he's a liar and a father of it. So he's coming up and saying, oh, you've been polluted. You'll never be the same. You've somehow been degraded. You say, liar. Liar, liar, pants on fire. It's not so. I have been qualified for a new ministry. Now I can help people who are struggling in that same area or who were abused in that same area or misused in that, and now I can talk to them with experience. See, if you haven't had cancer, people with cancer don't give you a whole lot of credibility. But see, I can go to somebody and they say they've had cancer. I called Ben Atto. Ben Atto has melanoma on his chest. He's getting ready to have surgery. Don't know how far it's spread. It's, it metastasizes real easily. And I've known people die from melanoma. He does too. So I call Ben and I say, Ben, I'm a member of the C Club. He said, yeah, I'm fixing to join it. I said, Ben, by the grace of God, this is either a ticket to heaven or a ticket to a new ministry that you're going to have with a melanoma Sunday school class. Hey, man, we've had people with so many of the same things in this church, we could have a Sunday school class around their problem. Every, I'm not going to mention them, by the way. And so I said, you can, you can, and I've been at the bedside of people with cancer and, and taking their hand and saying, you know, I understand in some degree, nobody walks exactly the same path, but I understand in some degree the fear that wants to come over you because you just got told that you got this thing growing in your body out of control. But it's going to be right. It's going to be all right. Because everything's all right in my father's house. In my father's house, in my father's house, everything's all right in my father's house. Where there's joy, 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 you are not your body. God may use this to take you home. You won't be in heaven two minutes with, and, and ever even think back about all this. The Bible says the former things shall not come into mind or be remembered. You are not going to look back longingly and say, I really miss the world. 
There's not going to be anybody in heaven going, I really miss the world. The latest person, the last person that went to heaven was uh, Mike McDaniel, I think. He's the last one. Uh, and, and your mama, your mama was probably the last one that went from our group. Uh, they're not going, oh, I miss the world. No, 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 no. I think they're feeling sorry for you and me that they're not, we're not over with them, amen. My mom and dad are not going, oh, I would love to go back and go water skiing on Long Lake again. No, come on. I have not seen, ear, heard, not heard, nor has entered into the heart of man what God prepared for them that love him. He's going to knock your socks off on the other side, and you will not look back in fondness of this old world. This has been a test. This has been a world of pain. This has been a world of challenge. This has been a world of discomfort. And by the grace of God, as you, as you laid your trust at the feet of the Lord Jesus and passed the test and fact-checked the devil with the Word of God, you're going to pass gloriously and have a ministry to help some other folks. And boy, there's nothing. Is there anything better than helping other people? It's not. It's not. It's as gratifying as you're going to get on this side. There's nothing better than being able to help somebody else. And boy, when you've been through some catastrophic event, you say, I'm alone. Nobody's ever had it. They've had it happen. There are people out there that have had it happen and may need some comfort and may need some help. Has not Job had a big ministry? Come on. Has not Job had a massive, think of how many people Job has helped. Think how many people Paul the Apostle has helped by what he went through. I mean, what's wrong with you having a ministry? Our brother, the Knots, lost their boy at 21 years old in a motorcycle accident. That's because now... You were, you were given a ministry. Now, you never asked for that ministry. You wouldn't want it, but God's given you a ministry to comfort those who've lost a child in death. Because, see, if somebody comes to me and says, Bill, man, I just lost my child in death, I don't know what that's like. But if they call Jim, Jim says, yeah. And there's a genuineness and a quality it cannot be attained any other way. God has a ministry for you. What will it be? Accept it as from his hand. Father, help us this morning. May this help some folks as it goes out. Lord God, may you use it. I, uh, Lord God, I just uh, pray that your hand of mercy would be upon all of us. None of us want to go through the catastrophic things that happen. Uh, Lord God, we just we want to, all of us want to have flowery beds of ease, but we can't. It's not going to happen this side. We must fight if we would reign. Increase our courage, Lord. Father, there may be some Christians in here that have suffered and are suffering because of some event that happened 20, 25 years ago. And you need victory and need deliverance. And it's been harassing you. And maybe you have got bitter at the perpetrator or the, and he became a controller in your life. Forgive him. Forgive her. Let it go. 
under the blood of Jesus, let it go. Maybe this morning, just say, I for, honestly, the first time maybe in your life, I forgive the person who abused me and misused me. I forgive them. I forgive them. I want to be free. And oh, dear one, allow God to work. Keep trusting Him. Go to the Word. Strengthen yourself from those precious words of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.